Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. Every weeknight, we bring you the very latest reporting and analysis related to this historic impeachment saga. We thought today was going to be a relatively slow day on the impeachment beat as the conflict with Iran has dominated the news cycle. But boy, were we wrong. Earlier today, former National Security Advisor John Bolton announced that he is willing to testify at the Senate trial if he is subpoenaed to do so. This came completely out of the blue today, and it has major implications, so there is a lot to unpack. In a few minutes, I'll be talking with Alice Stewart, a Republican strategist and a CNN political commentator. But first, I'm joined by my colleague, CNN senior writer, Zach Wolf. As many of you know, Zach publishes the Impeachment Watch newsletter, which you can subscribe to at CNN.com slash impeachment. Zach, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So, Zach, we get this statement today from John Bolton. Nobody was expecting it. There was no indication it was coming. As you know, whether or not John Bolton could testify in the House was a matter for the courts until recently, and there was no adjudication there. But uh, it now seems he's raising his hand to say, hey, I am available to testify in the Senate trial. We did hear his name invoked many times throughout the House proceedings. So, From a 30,000-foot view, tell us how crucial a witness John Bolton could be in this entire impeachment trial of Donald Trump. John Bolton is, I think, perhaps the most important person we haven't heard from in terms of what exactly was going on in the White House with the National Security Council at the time in August and July with with all of these things. He wasn't on the call, we don't think, with uh, President Trump and Vladimir Zelensky. But he is the person that used that term drug deal to describe uh, what uh, Gordon Sondland, the U.S. ambassador to the EU, and Mick Mulvaney, the White House acting, sorry, White House chief of staff, were doing with regard to Ukraine. He asked uh, an, an, an aide, Fiona Hill, to go to White House lawyers and tell them, essentially, that he thought it was a drug deal and that he had nothing to do with it. Uh, those are two things. Number three, he met privately, we think, according to Tim Morrison's testimony, with Trump about Ukraine. And number four, when House uh, impeachment investigators had essentially given up on his testimony, he essentially raised his hand a couple of weeks ago and said, wait, I have pertinent information. I just want the courts to weigh in. And as we know, House Democrats didn't want to wait for it. So now he's raising his hand again, essentially, and saying, I have stuff to tell. And, you know, by the way, he has a book coming out. I was just about to say. (laughs) So we should also mention, of course, he's got this book coming out. He's hitting the lecture circuit. So he's been uh, getting some criticism from some quarters about, wait, if you pay for his story, you get to hear it. But the American people under the guise of an, uh, an impeachment of the president of the United States doesn't get to hear what he has to offer. So perhaps he's trying to do a little personal public relations uh, here as well by by raising his hand. But you raised uh, Fiona Hill's um, characterization. We haven't heard John Bolton say that he called it a drug deal, but we have heard uh, Fiona Hill say so. And I want you to hear uh, from her testimony uh, back in November uh, how she described what she heard from John Bolton. You tell Eisenberg, Ambassador Bolton told me that I am not part of uh, this whatever drug deal that Mulvaney and Sondland are cooking up. What did you understand him to mean by the drug deal that Mulvaney and Sondland were cooking up? I took it to mean investigations for a meeting. 
Did you go speak to the lawyers? I certainly did. John Bolton, we should just remind everyone, Zach, right? Here's a total, reliable, conservative Republican, has been uh, totally part of the more hawkish side of the Republican Party's foreign policy apparatus for quite some time. Uh, Fully infused inside to the Trump White House until he was kicked to the curb. But there's no indication that he, just by raising his hand, is out there wanting to break with Donald Trump or somehow play the John Dean role, is there? John Bolton is clearly a reliable conservative, but he is a complete wild card in in all of this because we really don't know at this point his motivations. He's been saying nice things about uh, the the you know the Trump administration with regard to Iran uh, recently after after the the strike in Iraq. He's been saying not nice things about the Trump administration with regard to North Korea. So he's kind of you know for them and against them on policy. This would seem to be separate from that because he talks in in a statement out today explaining why he would testify. He refers to himself as, you know, trying to live up to his uh, his his, um, you know, duty as a U.S. citizen and a former national security advisor. Um, So it's just plain, not clear what he would say. Fiona Hill, by the way, that drug deal quote, it was out there when she said it behind closed doors. She said it publicly. He's given interviews since then. He's had ample time to disagree with that characterization. So presumably he would at least back up that idea that she put out there. And it does give us insight into his frame of mind in the moment as this was unfolding. He saw that Giuliani, Sunland, uh, sort of other avenue of foreign policy that was being pursued as something he wanted no part of. Not something he was going to stand up and, you know, raise, blow the whistle about, certainly, but definitely something he didn't want any part of. Which would lead some to believe, I guess, that he thought there was something improper about that. You don't think a drug deal is proper. Exactly. Right. So I I understand why Democrats may be uh, thinking that he might have the goods or he is going to deliver in some way. I guess call me a little skeptical on that. I think John Bolton is probably uh, mostly looking out for John Bolton more than anyone else in this matter. And so uh, certainly... Uh, I I could be wrong. He could be this killer witness that changes the whole political calculus around impeachment. But that that just seems to be not what we've seen from Bolton throughout the entirety of his career. That's right. And I I think ultimately, at the end of the day, the importance of this statement and John Bolton today might be that it sort of puts Mitch McConnell in a box as to whether or not there should even be witnesses, because John Bolton was on the list of witnesses that Chuck Schumer wanted, uh, you know, to come into a Senate trial. Mitch McConnell didn't want any witnesses at all. He had sort of, it seemed like, maybe convinced Donald Trump that maybe there shouldn't be witnesses in a Senate trial. So, you know, this public spectacle of a Senate trial might get a little more spectacular if you start having witnesses. Four Republicans need to essentially break ranks with the party and join Democrats in order to open the trial up to witnesses. And that's what we're really waiting for right now is some sort of deal or no deal. And they just proceed and start taking votes on whether there should be witnesses. Yes, because on that front, we're right where we were weeks ago before everyone left town for the holiday break, uh, which is nowhere. No announced negotiations uh, 
between Schumer and McConnell about how this trial is going to work, when it might start, what the rules of the road are. Uh, Nancy Pelosi still has not sent over the articles of impeachment. So we are still in that realm in this total stasis that we have been in. But this new development, does that um, in any way unlock some of that stasis and move uh, the debate over witnesses will be fascinating to watch. In fact, we're going to talk about that quite a bit. Uh, We're going to hold this conversation here and bring in CNN political commentator Alice Stewart for her, her perspective right after the break. Welcome back to the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. I'm David Chalian. Zach Wolf is still here with me, and we're happy to have GOP strategist and CNN political commentator Alice Stewart. Alice, welcome back to the podcast. Great to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So, as Zach and I were just talking about at the end of the last block, do you see this announcement from John Bolton that he is willing, if if subpoenaed, to testify uh, to the Senate in an impeachment trial as a new pressure point for Mitch McConnell to start dealing with Schumer on whether or not witnesses are going to be part of this? Or is this easy for McConnell to ignore? I think Mitch McConnell is going to continue down the road he's been going on. He decides the terms. He decides uh, witnesses. And I don't expect that uh, this will change things. Zach was uh, 100 percent correct in saying that uh, Bolton is one of the most important people in this saga that we have not heard from yet. But we also have to be careful and mindful of the fact that he, while he has voiced his concerns about President Trump, he's been supportive of the current uh, situation going on in Iraq and Iran and and taking down the the terror leader. He also wants to continue having a voice in national security, in the national security arena. And I don't see him going and burning down the House and bringing forth information that will be disparaging to the president because he wants to continue in this arena. And and if he goes and burns the House down, uh, that will have an impact on that. But if that's the case, wouldn't it argue for McConnell to allow him to be a witness? Then if he, if 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 McConnell shares your perspective that he's not going to burn down the House and 70 percent of the American people said in the recent ABC News Washington Post poll that witnesses should be part of this. McConnell's on the wrong side of public opinion right now by saying no witnesses. Uh, do you see I mean, I've rarely seen McConnell buckle to any kind of external pressure other than if he thought he would like lose his majority over it. But do you see that allowing Mitch McConnell, if he believed what you're saying, Bolton is not going to light the house on fire? Sure. Let him come in and testify. I I still don't see this changing uh, the strategy. I I still see he wants to, to move forward with this without witnesses. That is the consensus. I've spoken with some uh, Republicans about this. That's their consensus. But then again, there's the the unknown. That might not be the case. He might have something that can be damaging. And I don't see McConnell being willing to take that risk. What about if you're say you're say you're sort of a a swing state senator and you're faced with this um, decision of whether or not to vote with Democrats that there should be uh, witnesses or with Republicans that there shouldn't? Are you going to side on the public opinion side or the Mitch McConnell side uh, in that case? Uh, You know, in other words, does this put those kind of at risk senators in a different uh, calculus? This this John Bolton statement that remains certainly to be seen. 
what I'm hearing, a lot of these people, specifically Republicans, when they go back to their districts and their states, they're hearing from the people that they're tired of this. They want to move forward. They want to go. They want to put this before the Senate, let them have their trial. And obviously, more than likely, they will vote not to convict this president and we'll move on. But that's what I'm hearing from a lot of, of Republicans that are out there talking to their voters face to face. But if you were advising Cory Gardner or Martha McSally or Susan Collins in their Senate reelection campaigns, um, to Zach's point, just pure political strategy here from these purple states that are, uh, you know, would you say, hey, don't get too far out in front of this. Let's see where this Bolton thing is going to go before you shut down the notion that he needs to be heard from. Right. My advice, as if I were advising any of these purple states, they or, should listen up. This is very expensive, free advice. <laughs> exactly, I'm, uh, and it's worth it's right worth now. every penny of it. <laughs> uh, is I think the more information, the better. I, I think we should ha- hear from people. Me personally, if, if there's nothing to hide, if there's no there there, let's let's put it out there and let's hear from not just uh, Bolton, but let's hear from uh, others on the other side. I would like to hear also from uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and and others. But if we're going to get to the truth and but really what did Joe Biden and Hunter Biden know about a pressure campaign by the president in terms of the articles of impeachment, his abuse of power or his obstruction of Congress. What I mean, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are not pertinent witnesses to the what is being alleged in the articles of impeachment. Exactly. But they are pertinent in that this goes to the motivation of the president making this request in the first place. So so from the standpoint of all information is helpful, I think if we're going to open it up for, for interviewing witnesses, their information is, is vital. Nowhere near as vital as Bolton, mind you, but it is important to, to get to the bottom of it. Oh, but gosh, I mean, Bolton has made the idea of his testimony so tantalizing. Uh, and, you know, with with his statement that he has pertinent information and my, my responsibility as a citizen, it makes it seem like he has something to say. So you've got to thank the White House. Well, even even though President Trump at one time wanted this great spectacular trial, you've got to think they will try to fight his testimony as you know, as hard as they can. And I think I saw some reporting that the White House was caught off guard by this. I mean, they were as surprised as we were right. with Bolton's he, statement. He left today. a message for Mitch McConnell or something like that. Yeah. And that was the only person. That was the only sort of heads and, up. And just quickly to that point of, of setting up the spectacle of this, you hit it the nail on the head. He's got a book coming out. This certainly doesn't uh, hurt in terms of people being intrigued by what he has to say. Uh, I want you to hear Lindsey Graham on Fox News over the weekend about this issue that Nancy Pelosi is still holding on to, uh, the articles of impeachment. She has not transmitted them over uh, to the Senate yet, which would trigger the Senate trial machinations beginning. Uh, that, that hasn't happened yet. Here's what Senator Graham, Republican of South Carolina, had to say. If she continues to refuse to send the articles as required by the Constitution, I would work with Senator McConnell to change the rules of the Senate so we could start the trial without her if necessary. If we don't get the articles this week, then we need to take matters in our own hands and change the rules. A, do you agree with Lindsey Graham that the rules should be changed uh, if Nancy Pelosi doesn't send over the articles? And B, I'm curious, have you seen any evidence to suggest that Speaker Pelosi is politically suffering in any way or the Democrats are politically suffering in every in any way from her so far refusing to hand over the articles? A, to the first question, I don't think they should change the rules. I think we should continue uh, following the rules and guidelines that have been done uh, in the past. And 
the, the question that I have and a lot of people that are frustrated with the impeachment process is if Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats were so uh, assured of the articles of impeachment and the information they gleaned during the during the House inquiry, they would be rushing over to the Senate to hand over these articles of impeachment for them to begin their process. And it raises a lot of questions about how sure are they about the these articles in the first place and why is she holding it up other than the fact that she's not confident that they have the information for a conviction in the Senate. Although we had Manu Raju, uh, you know, from our Capitol Hill team saying earlier today that her, you know, the the Pelosi staffers were essentially taking credit for uh, her strategy because Bolton pressuring McConnell means that it's working because now we might have witnesses. So although, as we said, it's totally unclear if Bolton is truly pressuring McConnell, if McConnell is uh, feeling pressured in any way by that. And Pelosi, of course, would say. She's holding up the articles not because she doesn't believe in her case, uh, but because she doesn't have a clear understanding of what the trial will look like. Exactly. And she has had her turn to preside over the House inquiry and the House probe. It is now Mitch McConnell's turn. Republicans didn't have a say in how she executed the the process over in the House. She really has no say in how things are executed over in the Senate. And I I understand why she would like to to have some input, but she doesn't. And she doesn't have any more sway in how this happens in the Senate any more than Mitch McConnell did and how it was operated in the House. It'll be very curious to see how long she thinks she can uh, play this game that she's playing, this sort of a game of chicken uh, that she's playing with, with Mitch McConnell in many ways. Zach, Alice, thank you so much for joining me here on the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. Greatly appreciate you being here. We'd like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Remember, we've got a new episode every weeknight. So please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And while you're there, leave us a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.